Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because it's actually terrifying. My wife is trapped in a building in LA that has been taken over by some pretty cunning terrorists. And I have to save her. So you can understand I can't really make it to work. I'm your host, Harry. And each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get out of work, to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favorite meal, and their adventurous afternoon. A real life Ferris Bueller's day off. Now, I love that you're all listening to the show, but please make sure to rate, like, subscribe. It really means a lot to us. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up from Aussie comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even Hans Gruber. But this week, we have the magnificent Ivan Aristegueta. Ivan moved to Adelaide from Venezuela in 2012, and since that time, he has been all over the comedy scene. He won the Best Weekly Comedy Award during the Adelaide Fringe in 2022. He just passed his Australian citizenship test. He's been a guest on a bunch of TV shows, like one of my faves, Have You Been Paying Attention? And this year, Ivan will be performing his new show, Citizen, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th to the 23rd of April and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 13th to the 14th of May. So get your tickets to this show. As always, links to the show are in the description below. But for now, pull out the thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck a Sickie. Ivan, thank you so much for joining Chucking a Sickie. Hello, Harry. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I love it. It's very Australian. Chucking a Sickie, mate. Yeah, I tried to make it as Australian as possible. I thought about calling it the perfect sick day, but it was way too way too boring. Chucking a sickie just has Australia written all over it. Yeah. And I feel like with your comedy as well, you, you do so much, um, so many takes on Australian slang and culture, you know, the sausage sizzle or the slang that you've learned. Like, yep. I feel like maybe if you were making a podcast, I would not be surprised if this was akin to the name. I love it. I love chucking a sickie. And have you heard that joke uh, that I have about uh, sickies in Australia? No, I haven't heard so it. So I, I did a joke from my last, uh, last year's show, Happy Papi. I was starting from my citizenship test. And, and my girlfriend looked at the questions and she was like, no, this is too easy. I don't know if you can tell someone is Australian enough to become Australian with these questions. And she created her own questionnaire. Oh, and the most amazing question, the most amazing question was a, a mathematical problem that only Australians can solve. Okay, what's the problem? The problem is, imagine you're going to quit your job in three months time. <laughs> and there are seven sick days that you haven't used. <laughs> How many sick days per week you're gonna take? Considering you get an extra sick day per each month you have left in that company, and there's four public holidays in that period. Oh my God. So if you can solve that problem, you're Australian, <laughs> right? It's yeah. all about the sickies. It is all about the sickies, without a doubt. Which is why why I think this this concept seems to work so well. Everyone wants to chuck a sick day, uh, yeah. but to get into the mindset, I guess of the the best day you could have off, you have to think about your worst job. So for you, what has been your worst job that you've ever had? Well, I've been very lucky with jobs. I always managed to do to do the job that I think I wanted to do and then 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 I don't want to do that job. So <laughs> I I will say I always want to be a cook and a chef and I started, uh, uh, I went to cooking school and then I worked in restaurants and then I hated it. So anything like working in a restaurant is not a romantic thing. It's um, I, to if you like to cook, that doesn't mean that you belong in a kitchen, in a yeah. commercial kitchen. That means it, you might like to work in a kitchen or you might like just to cook for friends. 
And I think the worst thing could happen is working in a in a in a restaurant at dinner time, um, in a restaurant that has a lot of bookings. Yeah, it's it's you have to be a soldier, not a cook, <laughs> and it's horrendous. And it's and the heat, and being standing uh, for hours. So this is a thing that happens. Um, chefs had a lot a lot of var- varicose um, veins in their testicles. Okay. Because of the amount of time that you're working on standing up without sitting really? or moving. Yeah. There you go. So the blood, just just your balls are just full of blood <laughs> from standing, doing prep work in a kitchen. So you have to, you know, wash all the, the veggies, prepare all the meat and the veggies, the, what they call the mise en place and make all the sauces. And and the service, let's say the service starts at six o'clock in the, at, in the afternoon night. But you've been working there since midday, and then you're gonna be working there uh, without sitting and without any stopping till hours after the the restaurant closes. Yeah. So it's 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 full on. Plus the heat, and the steam, and everybody is is very upset. Like the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, everything's a rush. The way I describe it is you're trying you're you're a, you're a cook in the in the in the line, and then the chef will be like asking you for for where's the food that you're supposed to have done for this day and then and it's uh, the way i describe it for people who doesn't work I never work in kitchens like imagine you're taking a shit and then you get someone knocking at the, at the door like where's, yeah. the, where's the shit give me the shit are you ready with the shit i want the shit now like table tennis ready for your shit where's the shit and you're like i can't give you the shit i'm, I'm constipated chef i'm sorry i don't have the shit yeah <laughs> i feel like i really saw that in i don't know if you watched the tv show the bear I, re- I think it gave a really good insight into how I guess a chef's kitchen works and it seems anxiety driven. I don't know how people do it. Well, I haven't watched it. I, a lot of people, oh, you should watch the show. And I know that I, I've, I've seen clips and I know it's an amazing show, but it gives me PTSD <laughs> yeah. and I don't want that's, that's, like, to. I prefer to watch uh, food related uh, um, movies like Chef. Yeah, okay. It's a very, you know, positive vibe is about you know a chef finding his his uh, himself again and develop and the relationship with his son that sort of stuff i would like to watch but i know that bear is full on when people tell me it's full on like ptsd i don't want to <laughs> you want to stay away from it <laughs> i want to stay away from that yeah. that's so fair it's it's funny that you mention it because obviously you, you're trained as a food technologist but yep. also you did your own cooking show during lockdown as well yes. and i feel like that was such a relaxing calm vibe kind of like huey's kitchen opposed to how a restaurant would be and there's just such a disparity between like your own cooking show and like working yep. in in the kitchen <laughs> It's different. It's so different, and I I I loved it. I really loved doing it. It, it was called about this much, and it was a uh, a follow along cooking party. That's how we sold it. Yeah. And so people buy tickets, and they go they go to shopping list, and they bought the stuff. And it's it's it, I'm I'm cooking and explaining live on Zoom, and people will be following me and cooking their own food. So it's it's, it's a great idea because it's like going they're coming to my restaurant, but if it tastes like shit, it's their fault. <laughs> you take no responsibility. <laughs> I take no responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and obviously for you, you work as a food technologist as well. Um, yeah. In a brewery in the past. Yeah. With all those experiences, would you say for you that the worst that you've had is is working in a restaurant? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I guess that's probably good. <laughs> It is the worst because uh, working in a brewery was great. Like, like uh, I worked in a brewery in, in my country, Venezuela. I worked there for a bit over three years. 
in a great position. I was I was in charge of the brew house, so you had the brew houses from from collecting um, from receiving the 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 malt and the grains, and and storing them in the silos, and then you know all the process from from uh, cleaning the grain and sorting, and then milling, and then mashing, and then uh, um, filtering, and then boiling, and the whole process. So it was really good. But I still hate working. Like I become a comedian. Okay, this is, I, this might be very important for for this this podcast. Yeah, the way me. I see, you develop a relationship with your job. Yeah. And relationship like a, like any relationship, like a relationship with your friends or with your partner or with your family or any. So it's a it's a theory that I call the year na na year theory. <laughs> okay. So you start any relationship starts with a positive attraction. You go yeah. for the good stuff. You go for the year. Yeah, but then after a while, after you 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 meet this person or get to know the job, that you learn about the nah, <laughs> yeah, the negative, the ones, the things that you and, don't like. <laughs> exactly, and the relationship will only work only when you know the negative things and you're okay with them. Yeah. So so in in all the jobs that I've had, the only job that I am okay with the negative stuff is stand up comedian, because <laughs> even 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 making beer which is a very cool thing to do or cooking for people is very i love doing i love doing both things and the things that i love about making beer because i'm i am a i love a food science and i'm a bit of a nerd in the food science and and, and i just i was so excited finding out about uh, the biochemistry of fermentation or the biochemistry of um, mashing in in brewing and talking about enzymes and phs and yeah, things like that gritty. Oh, I love that stuff. But then you're still working for a company and you have to have meetings in the mornings. Yeah. And you have to, there's a lot of planning and a lot of meeting and a lot of, and a lot of bureaucracy. And I hated that. Yeah. So, and I, and I wasn't okay with the naps. In comedy, um, there's a lot of bad stuff, but I'm aware of it. Like you have a bad gig and it hurts. It hurts. A really bad gig hurts in your core. It hurts because these jokes, you wrote them yourself. These jokes are about your life. It's not something that that you're selling that is a, a you're selling a product from a company yeah. and if you don't sell it it's it's is it, so personally attached to you a bad review is terrible um, um being away traveling without being with my girlfriend or without being with my dog it it's it, it hurts it's it you feel lonely and and just trying a new bed with different uh um types of pillows yeah. and different no one speaks about that <laughs> it's terrible but yeah. but i i know already the bad stuff and i know that sometimes you have to save a lot of money for a long time before you can start making money as a comedian because mm. it's not enough and you start thinking that uh, having free alcohol is amazing but it's actually not because you're starting getting kilos or starting uh, <laughs> getting addicted to to, con to the connection between comedy and beer because oh, i cannot do comedy without the taste of beer in my yeah. mouth because i always get a free beer so um I am okay with the bad stuff of comedy. Yeah. And I, 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 and once you're okay with the bad stuff is when you go, nah, yeah. <laughs> nah, and, yeah. Uh, it's a great mentality to have. So it's a yeah, nah, nah, yeah. When you, I learned, I, I read in a book, um, a while ago, a beautiful quote. He said, love start when you forgive the imperfections. Yeah. That's and I so think true. it's a great thing. 
yeah it's yeah. funny i've actually i've heard you speak about this before on another podcast and i just think the way yeah. you articulate it is that so often in life we really we really just look at the years and we don't really look at the nas um and, and the way that you view comedy is definitely the way that people should be viewing like any job that they have yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so if you think you're not doing your job you you don't like your job it's probably because you don't like the negative stuff yeah because everybody loves the positive <laughs> yeah. stuff of everything who does and i learned i learned this from um a decision making uh, tool that when you don't know where if you have if you're stuck between do should i get a or b yeah and we always look at the positive things of a and the positive things of b and you'll never make a decision because you we always want the positive the positive but if you look at the negative things of a and the negative things of b the decision will be so much easier because which bad thing are you willing to take you choose choose your difficult yeah i, I yeah. love that mentality so obviously you found your your calling and your passion for comedy it's absolutely you did mention i mean you've been doing comedy for a while something that i found yeah. really interesting about you is the venezuelan comedy scene seems very different and it sounds as yeah. though that stand-up comedy was was a relatively new thing when you were getting into comedy yeah but it was a it was a new thing as a as a as a as a format um everybody knew the the about the one-man show comedy show but in venezuela we didn't have the stand-up comedy club and in venezuela we had a couple of um a comedy tv shows and those people who were famous from the telly they were comedians they had their own solo shows in the big theaters but there was no in between and in australia you have like even competitions like rock comedy or or class clowns and i'm yeah i i i think that's 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 brilliant. Like, yeah, it's that, a very uh, different world. It's a it's a great pathway for the career because you know what you know the steps at least in Venezuela. I didn't have that, and I, I just do I started doing comedy as a as a hobby because I never saw it as a career. Yeah. Never. And now look at you, you've got all the years and the nas are okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Obviously, you're Venezuelan, so you speak Spanish. When you were translating, I guess from Spanish to English, did you have to change the comedy style that you were that you were doing? Oh, uh, I think um, it it was a an organic, natural change. I think the uh, the the goal of a language is to communicate, right? So, um, and yeah. and I see that there could be as a metaphor, as a, it could be like um, English is a piano and Spanish is a guitar. So you can play the same song, but you have to play it in a different way to get. Yeah. And and, and the the same song might sound different, but it's the same song. It's the same chords and the same scales and progressions, but and harmonies, but it's 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 different. So I think uh, when you do the transition, um, I think the, the language is like a different instrument. You do the transition and then you naturally start um, adapting to, to communicate with the, with the tools. Like a, a guitar has six strings and, 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 and frets and, and a piano has uh, keys and they're already there. You don't have to, to make the note with the fret like in a guitar. So it's the same. So in comedy in English is more, I think English is a better language for comedy. As a, not for all comedy, for particularly stand-up comedy, because stand-up comedy is a very precise, um, precise art. Because uh, uh, there's a term that we use in the in our world uh, of stand-up comedy, uh, precision wordsmith. 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard you speak about this as well, like trying to get things in shorter amounts. Yes. So, so uh, English is very is a very easy language to get straight to the point very quickly, and I think Spanish yeah. demands you to be more uh, ornamental, more colorful, with more explanation, yeah. more, more more flair. So it could be. It could beat more around the bushes naturally in in Spanish yeah. than in English. In English, is more straightforward. Just on your point about Spanish as well, I think you capture it very well in one of the one of the jokes that you tell about a prostate exam and how you say it. you like it in English because it's just like yeah, you get to the point where in Spanish it's so like colorful and beautiful, and you're like oh, you're taking me on a date, but really it's just sting, sticking your finger up. My butt. <laughs> Sounds romantic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which i love as well um your new show this year as well is called citizen all about you becoming an australian citizen yeah. and i know you spoke about earlier about the test being easy um tell us a little bit about this this new show and what it's all about well the new show is it's 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 a rendition is it's telling australians how um why i chose australia to to become a citizen and how much after 11 years living in this country i have <laughs> become Australian so it's it's because <laughs> it, you change and and 11 years in this country when when you go through life-changing events you just develop a special connection with with the place where these events happened yeah and definitely. and I talk about some of those events and um, I always try my shows to tell Australians like in any relationship how much I care of this relationship that I've been asking questions and I've been finding out I've been trying to understand and, I, and this is like a, okay, guys, this is my summary of the things I've learned from you. And I hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I, th- thankfully, I always, I always get the, the nod from Australians going, yeah, man, you get us. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get us. Like, it's a, it's, I like to be, I want to be that guy who, 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 who gets you better than any other immigrant. I want, that's yeah. what I want to be. I want to dig in. That should be the citizenship test, I reckon. <laughs> yes, I talk about I talk about cricket and Don Bradman and um, oh, you've and, got it all down pat. Yeah, <laughs> everything, everything. <laughs> I yeah. talk about Christmases in Australia. I talk about uh, about um, politics to under, how to understand politics in Australia as from an immigrant point of view. Yeah, I even talk about. I do a little questionnaire in the show where I ask people if they know the name of the current governor general. Oh, such a, I have no idea. Yeah, you would stop you know why? Because knowing the name of the Governor General is very un-Australian, mate. Yeah, it's it. a trick question. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Look, we're very excited to see you in Sydney. I know you're going all around Australia with the show as well. But let's get back to your perfect sick day. So yes. you're in this terrible restaurant. You have to get out. What excuse would you use to chuck a sickie for the day? I think any anything related to it is, it's very easy in a in a restaurant because of um, cross contamination. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as soon as you say you have gastro, you have to go. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that gastro makes so is sense. the best, the best one. Uh, man, I just went to a toilet. This is terrible. I've, I've got gastro. I need to. Yeah. Go. And they have to. They have to let you go. They have to kick you out. <laughs> So it's very easy, so easy to 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 get out of a restaurant. Your your workmates will hate you. They may punch you uh, if they find out that wasn't true. But yeah, um, yeah. but for you personally, it works well. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, hazards like uh, food hazards is is, yeah. is the trick. 
<laughs> I guess also it's, it's probably important to say what actually is a food technologist because I reckon a lot of people listening might not know exactly what that means. Oh yeah, so a food food technology you study um, is more is it's not in a commercial restaurant kitchen. It's more in a in a in a big food processing plant. So a food technologist will be um, you learn a lot about two main areas. One will be productivity, and the other one will be quality control and quality assurance. So the whole Quality control and quality assurance is, 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 is lab testing and, yeah. and checking and making sure the, the, the product uh, is always uh, consistent with the specifications of the product. And, yeah. and the, the, the productivity is more about, you know, a, a amount of, of units, just hitting the, the, the production um, um, targets. Targets, yeah. And, yeah, and also okay. you can reduce... Um, um, like once the targets are reached, you, you reach more targets. How can we use less water to save water? How can we use yeah, less, okay. less, have less, less uh, wastage? And uh, yeah, it's all about that. Depends on where you want to go. Okay, good to know. It's definitely yeah. good to know. <laughs> you've gotten out of work today because you've had gastro. Now you're not at the restaurant. Thank goodness. You can yeah. just relax. What song would you pick to start off the day just right? It's not a big night. It's a Baraka performance, big day. What yeah. song would you choose to pump you up? Well, there is a song that my girlfriend and I pump up when, when the day starts a bit slow. And it's, you know, the lip sync people on YouTube? Yeah. So yeah. There, is a, there's a, there's a Star Wars lip sync. It's called Seagulls. And it's sang <laughs> by, by Yoda. And uh, okay. and the rhythm is perfect. The it's such a pump up, beautiful, <laughs> and then it's it's a silly song. It's a silly, it's a silly song about about Yoda going to the seagulls and they poke his head, and then yeah. <laughs> It's definitely one of the weirdest answers that I've had I hope so far. Seagulls by Yoda. By Yoda, but lip sync, lip sync um, battle. I've. I've I can send you the link, or if you look for, I hope, I hope you, oh, I, I hope you play it a little bit when you when you edit the, this podcast. Oh, I definitely will have a link to the to yeah. the audio. Definitely. How did you even come across this song? It's, it was it's it's so funny. So they use all all the shots of the of the original three trilogy of Star Wars, and and it's Yoda talking to Luke as a lip sync. Uh, you know when they <laughs> yeah. they, they, they 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 um they, they say dub they over. dub it with with stuff that is not real <laughs> what they're saying and it's so silly and then and but the music i don't know the production of that music is such a good funky upbeat that it gets yeah. you moving and the song is so silly <laughs> that you turn into a silly attitude to you just want to enjoy anything because you're in a silly mood and there's no better place to be when you feel silly and everything's funny yeah that's a perfect combination and i think it starts off the day just right. I'm so excited to listen to this song. Please let me know. As soon as you listen to it, <laughs> give me a call. I will definitely. And let you will you say know. thank you. <laughs> you have changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is this is the part of the podcast that I'm most excited to speak to you about. Yeah. Where would you go for your your favorite meal? And I just want to preface this, it can be something that you cook as well, because I know that I've seen you do a bit of cooking. I know that you're a big chorizo cooker. Yeah. Um, would you go somewhere or would you want to cook something at home for your perfect meal? Well, um, when I go for perfect meals, I never go for something fancy. I go for something very comforting. Okay. 
and and I think the most comforting dish in the world and I have to say it's not part of any of my two uh, original cultures which is Venezuela and Spain because my mom and my grandma is Spanish it's actually Japanese is oyakodon oyakodon is the the chicken and egg on rice and um, oyakodon means uh, mother and mother and child because it's chicken and egg (laughs) it's a it's a very simple sauce um, the the traditional the tsuyu sauce which is um it's a it's a mix of dashi with sugar mirin and soy and a little broth with some onions and you poach uh, uh, chicken um, chicken thighs mm. uh, without the bone chicken thigh fillets and with a bit of um, onion and then you pour a couple of uh, uh, beaten roughly beaten not fully beaten eggs yeah. on that on that broth and when they're like cooked halfway, you just put everything on a bowl of rice oh, and you garnish it with a bit of um, uh, pickled ginger or pickled radish and you eat it with a spoon, not even with chopsticks. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And I think that any dish that it's in a bowl and you eat it with a spoon, it's a comforting dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. I'm thinking chicken soup is the way to go. Yeah, and and uh, I will be, if it's just that myself at home, I will, I will, make that maybe drink a little bit of sake because i love sake as, as a only i don't drink much alone but if i if even this situation by myself sake is the only drink that I, I i'm happy drinking by myself is it flavored sake or just normal sake normal sake, normal normal sake. sake. cold okay. I, like, I prefer cold sake than warm sake yeah and um i'll be watching something um either something historically medieval clang clang yeah. I love a clang clang movie. A I clang clang. Not yeah. like not like Monty Python's Holy Grail, but like an actual medieval movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A proper clang clang movie. Yeah. yeah. I think that should be the genre from now on. It's not yeah. medieval, it's just clang clang. I love clang clang. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I love fantasy books and grim dark um fantasy, which is clang clang. That's clang clang. Good, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, clang clang with a bit of magic. That's great yeah. for me. That sounds perfect. Have you yeah. ever had a good oyakodon in in your local area? Like any restaurant that you've been to that really does it well? Uh, no. Gonna have to fly to Japan. It's all no, make it yourself. But I have there is there is a really good Japanese place, but they don't sell yakodon because that's a good thing. Like when you find an isakaya, an isakaya is is it's it's the equivalent. Like every con- every country or culture has like the like the family restaurant. Um, mm. In Spain, they have tascas. In, uh, in France, they have Bistro. In Italy, is a Trattoria. So uh, Japanese is called Isakaya. And isakaya, okay. if, if you see that they're Japanese and they have like a really good menu, not that many people dare to make Oyakodon because Oyakodon is so simple, you can fuck it up so easily. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, thing, one of those things like you have to, to take care. It's, it's just three things. But if you... If the egg is too is overcooked or undercooked, if the if the savouriness is too salty or too sweet, it's so mm. easy to fuck up. Being so simple, so um, yeah. Um, there's a there's an isekai anywhere I live in on High Street in Northcote in Melbourne called Yokoso, Y O K O S O, and they have really good stuff, really really good stuff. Yeah. They don't have oyakodon, but they have they have um, scallops. 
Oh. They have like a seared scallops with a ponzu sauce. It's delicious. Oh, that um, sounds great. They have, yeah, 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 I love. But I find I find Japanese food very comforting because it's so it's not overwhelming. Like, of course, a, a strong curry is comfort food, but you're done. Like, it's you're you're overwhelmed. Like, I yeah. find Japanese food that is so it could be, it's beautiful flavors, but it's also very clean. Yeah. So you can you can you can eat a lot without feeling like tired of the flavors and simple i think is sometimes as you said the absolute hardest because there's the expectations are pretty high because to make something yeah. simple so incredible you have to yeah. be perfect yep. yep okay that sounds great um i'm gonna say that you know we have a special machine so we're able to fly the yakadon from japan straight to your home so that it'll it'll still taste fresh oh. and delicious that would be great that would be amazing <laughs> now in the afternoon like ferris bueller you are going to do an activity. You're going to go in and do an adventure. So it can be with anyone doing anything. What would you do for your perfect afternoon activity on your day off? All right. My perfect afternoon activity for my day off will have to be, because I've got, as you can tell, I've got an obsession with with Japan, but I'm very lucky. <laughs> my girlfriend has an obsession with oh, Japan as then well. That's great. And we, I, we have such a great time together. Like, uh, uh, I love her company and just being silly with her is awesome. And so the, it will be fly to Japan with my girlfriend. Yeah. F- during sumo tournaments. <laughs> yeah. And and we'll we'll watch uh, the sumo tournament that afternoon. And after the sumo tournament, we'll have some chankonabe, which is the sumo food, which is the big. Uh, um, pot yeah big, big uh, hot pot and and that would be great just to hang out with the with the with the sumo rikishis the sumo <laughs> yeah. bodies the sumo sumo wrestlers and uh, because during lockdown during the first lockdown because both of us have that sort of um passion about everything japanese and she has her own story with japan i have my own stories with, with japan and then we met and we started sharing it's like oh my god we're, we're very um yeah so similar very similar so during lockdown i discovered um uh, a, a portal on an online portal called nhk which is like the abc of of japan oh yeah and and they Unless have an, some NH- good stuff nhk world is for free and there's so much content and we started watching the sumo tournament yeah and that happened four years ago and we are now hardcore fans of sumo <laughs> there are six tournaments per year yeah there's we always look forward for the next tournament we have our favorite wrestlers we 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 listen to podcasts sumo yeah podcasts. you're completely immersed in it we have we started collecting little sumo figurines and, and sumo related memorabilia and uh, our dream we haven't been to japan together to watch the sumo but it's it's oh. in and that, that would be, be like a dream night, just to be there in proper sumo tournament and hopefully the, the, the winter tournament so we can enjoy the chankonabe even more because yeah. the, the colder it is outside, the more you eat and the more you know hot food you want and you yeah. can because <laughs> you, you don't care about the extra kilos. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've got to ask though, for you, who is the goat of sumo? Because I, I mean, I have no idea, but I feel like you've got an opinion on this. Oh, the goat! Uh, it's it. Everybody will say the same. The same answer is is yeah. is a uh, is a yokosuna that retired recently. His name is Hakuho as a yokosuna, Hakuho, Hakuho. with uh, everything Hakuho. Um, he 
he is the he was he is from from Mongolia and okay. he he's been the the all-time champion of the history of sumos he's the one with most tournaments won most yeah. uh, um, fights won he is the all-time he's the, that goat. the proper the <laughs> goat if there's <laughs> one goat he is the goat yeah. one interesting thing about sumo sumos is i think one of the the cool things about sumo is the longest recorded sport in really? the world when yeah. when did they start recording it so that 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 sumo started when um the 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 times of the of the feudal wars in japan in the 15 1600s yeah and the the shoguns loved the the wrestler and it started popularizing the the, the wrestling and um it's been recorded since wow that is a decent that's way longer than i can think of any other sport even close so in the sumo world, they, they you can tell you can go back to the first one, yeah. the first tournament, and who yeah. won in the fifteen hundred. Yeah, it was probably still Hakuho. So it's a Hakuho. So he has a different name now because he's now uh, he has a he he owns a stable. Stable is the uh, yeah, it's where they train, it's right? It's the term in, in in the where they train. So he's a stable master now, mm. and so. And he just uh, his the ceremony of cutting his his top knot okay. happened like three weeks ago. Oh wow! And so he's no longer officially a sumo wrestler anymore, and he has a different name. He's a uh, Oyakata. Oyakata is the name for a sumo um, a stable master. Yeah. But I forgot his new name because it's a brand new name. So he's no longer no longer called Hakuho. He has a different name. Yeah. Yeah. Would Would you want him to come out of retirement for one last? one last round and he's coming back and performing or would you just prefer to see the new up and coming well there's one new up and coming that is in his stable and his name okay. is Enho and uh, uh, my girlfriend and I we love Enho because he has everything to lose he's the smallest sumo wrestler okay the underdog he is tiny and skinny and he somehow he finds a way of of de- defeating huge guys and it's everything against him and he's such a charismatic guy and we would love him to he's in second division now we would it would be amazing if he can go to first division again and and one and win one tournament that would be even better than seeing Hakuho because there's so much the world has seen too much of Hakuho winning it would be amazing yeah. to see this little guy <laughs> winning <fresh>. yeah <laughs> see this is this is how I know you definitely passed your citizenship test if you're rooting for the underdog that's as Australian yeah. as it gets right <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that sounds like the perfect afternoon activity. Oh no, I've got some bad news actually. Uh, it's the restaurant calling up. They've just seen that you flew to Japan and they've they've seen you on, what was it, NHK, the, uh, yeah. the, the channel. Yeah. They've seen you there and they're calling you up and saying, Ivan, like, what's, what's going on? I thought you were sick. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah this the new oh man I'm, I'm in trouble so um i'm gonna say i'm sorry guys i'm just working now in a in a in a sumo chankonabe restaurant in japan <laughs> you've upgraded you, you know forget yeah, about upgraded. them yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> that sounds great let me recap your perfect day to you so it starts off in your worst job which is a terrible restaurant but thankfully you have fake gastro so you get the day off and you're, you're gonna start off the day with i can't even believe that I'm repeating this seagulls by Yoda which is a lip a lip sync video 
yeah which we love to see then you eat a yakodon uh which has been flown in all the way from japan which is actually fortunate because after in the afternoon you're flying first class to japan yeah, to see none girlfriend. other with your girlfriend of yeah. course we can't forget her um and you're seeing sumo and you're seeing the underdog angho uh compete he's made into division one and you're getting to watch do they have courtside double yes they got courtside. <laughs> courtside. So and and they might follow you. The big sumo wrestlers they might follow you. And and you, people consider that as a as a good luck thing because they said oh, that. Okay. Yeah. So better. they fell on us. They didn't break any bones, but they just we can. They fell on us. That would be amazing. And they, and they fall on you. That's fantastic. How do you feel about your perfect sick day? Oh, the best. And it hasn't finished yet. So we we after the sumo we go for chankonabe, and yeah. then. We go to a Japanese jazz bar to have some whiskey. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect day because the perfect. Japanese whiskey as well. Yes. I'll be honest, I'm a huge fan. Yes. And and they are obsessed with jazz and we like jazz. So we'll be just finishing the night, just chilling, watching a, a, a jazz trio, just sipping some whiskey. Alicia will yeah. be drinking some some um, some cocktails if she likes some fancy cocktails. I prefer neat whiskey. Yeah. And um, just listening to the music and just thinking about our amazing day, being crushed by sumo wrestling. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you weren't killed is also a win in yeah, anyone's yeah. book. <laughs> Look, I got to say, I, I reckon this is probably even a possible sick day because I reckon you can make it to Japan and see sumo. And I feel like this this could all happen within the next year. I'm very excited. You're going to have to tell me when you do. You'll, you will hear all about it. <laughs> we have to do another another episode just to, to see... Just to tell what what I did in Japan in my yeah, real sick then, day. Then you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to do an upgraded sick day next. Like what tops the real life sick day? It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ivan, it has been an absolute pleasure. We're so excited to see you in all the comedy festivals. Thank you for coming on Chucking a Siki. Thank you so much, Harry. It's been a pleasure. <coughs> Chuck, Chuck a so that was the perfect day off with Ivan Aristagueta. What an absolute pleasure. I am now officially a sumo fan. I'm really excited to start watching. It seems both niche enough and weird enough that I would really get into it, uh, which I think is a staple of, of most things that I do. Make sure to get your tickets to see Citizen by Ivan. He's absolutely fantastic. He will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April and on the 13th and 14th of May at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Make sure, as always, to like and subscribe. Really means a lot to us. And we will see you next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.